Richards trying to scoot in there alone. It pinballs to the crease. Score! Now a special presentation for you. Oh my God! Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to the Hot Street Boys Podcast. With your hosts. Derek, How are you gonna get it, brother? John. Johnny, you know, and producer Nat. Unnecessary, but totally necessary. <laughs> What's not to love? What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Pod Street Bullies. My name is Derek. Back after a short one-week absence, and I am joined by my buddies, the Mats. First, Matt Hoagland, how you doing, brother? Good, what's going on, Derek? Nothing much, dude. I heard you guys missed me a little bit. <laughs> uh, mm. uh, a little bit, you know, when it came to recording and getting that stuff <laughs> squared away. The tech dork, yes, I understand. It's all right. In that capacity, I'll be, I can live with that. Matt Casey, how you doing, brother? Good, man. We, we actually got some Flyers news. I'm freaking pumped. Let's go. Right? This is like the first one we've been able to do where there's actually something fun, encouraging, and exciting to talk about instead of just making stuff up. Like, <laughs> Speaking of making stuff depressed. up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of being depressed and making stuff up, uh, cheers, to, cheers to John, who is not here today, and uh, continues to fight the good, the good fight with the house search. Yes. John is not with us tonight. He is with us in spirit, but yes, the, the house search... Jesus Christ. Ugh. More power to him. I mean, yeah. Obviously, it's his story to tell, but man, my heart goes out to you, brother. <laughs> oh, good God, dude. Um. Anyways, before it gets too negative here, let's talk about some positives. Because, let's be honest, this is this trade, I, maybe, I don't know if you guys will go this far, but I get the feeling that Chuck Fletcher absolutely fleeced David Poyle here. Like, is that the majority thought here, or is this kind of like, ah, Derek, like, don't don't jump off that cliff just yet? <laughs> um, I, I'll say that I think he, in the short term, yeah, I think the Flyers came out like champs on this. One. Ellis is a name that has been circled since what, April, when the trade deadline was done? Yep. Uh, and, you know, from reports that came out, there was interest there. It just it, it just didn't make sense. And the Flyers, understandably so, didn't even think that they were contenders at that point. Um, but when we'll really know if it was a fleece, um, you know, in, in full trade terms, is four years from now when Ellis is, you know, on the back end of, of his contract with the Flyers, that which uh, is another six years, I believe. And at that point, Meyer is coming up. Um, you know, we'll get into Nolan Patrick in a second, but, I mean, at that point, that, that's he's just a sweetener, and we'll, we'll get into that later. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for, first impression, my knee-jerk reaction is, like, absolutely. This is, the, this is the guy we need, and this is a, you know, I wrote down, this is a triple. If we get the other defenseman as the number four C, who is the rough and you know rugged guy, mm-hmm. then that tandem of Ellis and you know TBD is a freaking grand slam. Absolutely, I mean this is a huge step in the right direction because personally, me, I was looking at Ryan Ellis as one of the top options for the Flyers. <laughs> we all kind of looked at Seth Jones, and you know, now at least it's a pipe dream. Um, but you know, the Dougie Hamilton stuff wasn't working out either. It sucks. It's, it's unfortunate that we all got our hopes up. Most of us got our hopes up, but Ellis is a, he's one hell of a consolation prize. What are your thoughts on this, Hoagie? I, I love it. I was ecstatic. Didn't know what to do with myself when, when this news broke. (laughs) And at first everybody just saw, you know, Ryan Ellis to Philly and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's like, what do you what do you mean, Ryan Ellis the Philly? But it just just to have somebody shored up on the on the blue line kind of definitely makes me feel better going into the season because we we addressed one one hole, but there's still more to be addressed. And I, I definitely think that Chuck's not done. Um, and I think you know 
everybody's complaining about the about this trade in some type of way or form. You always have those guys that are always mm-hmm. complaining for some reason. And I'm I'm quoting Jim Jackson right off of, off the fly here. He's pretty much saying, you know, it's performance certainty versus performance potential. Mm-hmm. And when once he once yeah. he tweeted that out, I was like, that is a phenomenal way to put it because Ellis, when healthy, is already proven. It's already we we know what type of game he can bring with Phil Myers and you know Nolan Patrick. We're, the the time's up. Klaus has has run out. It's time to move on from what we've already seen. So. I think we we slam dunk slam dunk by Chuck Fletcher, and I, I think you know he's he's in the good graces of the fans now, but I think he still needs to do some more for us to really feel confident in what he's doing for this team this all season. Of course, there's absolutely moves to be made here, and I know I'd be remiss if I didn't notice or didn't mention at least uh, I should have mentioned it at, at the top here. the The move was Nolan Patrick and Phil Myers for Ryan Ellis. Uh, Nolan Patrick ended up getting flipped. <laughs> to Vegas for Cody Glass. Um, neither here nor there. Who cares? I think a lot of fans, or the anti-fans of Nolan Patrick are happy right now, myself included. I think ourselves included here. Uh, and we'll get to that here in a bit. Agreed. We will definitely get to it in a bit here with Matt Casey. <laughs> but, uh, you know, giving up what we gave up for Ryan Ellis, not to mention the things that we still have here. We're talking Morgan Frost. We're talking the 13th overall pick. We have all of our prospects and picks intact to still potentially make another move. Hoagie, how important is that moving forward, knowing the holes that this roster still has? It's it's huge, especially with that 13th overall pick and the likes of a Morgan Frost or other. And John said it on Saturday when we were texting, you know, Chuck did the right move by not giving up way too much for Ryan Ellis. Just, you know, you're giving up a, a Patrick and a Myers, and you're, you're perfect. We can use those other assets for another big splash this offseason. Whether it happened with Seattle or another team, we still have assets to make something happen. Absolutely. What are your thoughts, Matt Casey? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the Nolan Patrick aspect of it, you know, definitely kind of a, uh, a throw in, as we said, we'll, we'll tee off on that in a couple of minutes, but like, you know, we, with Myers, he was a good, he was a, a decent defenseman, but he was just misslotted, I think. And like, he overplayed his hand and did really well at that in 2019, 2020. And then this year, it just so much of his, um, mental you know he didn't have the mental game or doesn't have the hockey iq so to say uh to create the quick the quick play and i think that was really highlighted this year when we didn't have great team defense in general and so you know it it, it stinks losing somebody like myers because you do like to see homegrown talent go through but there's a reason why it's homegrown talent and there's a reason why he was an undrafted um you know player that that we ended up growing and you know what? Great. If we flip him and then a, a, a former number two overall into a top pairing defenseman, not just for the next year or the next two years, but for the next, you know, what, four or five years uh, when he and he and Provorov might be together. Freaking awesome. I love it. Right. I mean, we've talked about it so many times where you have prospects and you want to develop them and they, you want them to turn into the next, you know, Wayne Gretzky or the next um, – you know, stellar defenseman out there. And it's like, how often does that actually happen with a guy like Phil Myers? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one of those things um, where, you know, you're giving up a guy that he's good. Like, he, he, sorry. You know, at being at the beach, people coming in and out. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm recording my podcast. Come on. I'm like, get out of here. The signs on the door. It's written in crayon. Um, but, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, there's, uh, there's my dad's phone there. Uh, but anyways, so, um, Phil Myers, it, it sucks to see because it's not like, you don't want to say that they're giving up on him, but at the same rate, look at what you're getting back. You're getting back a proven defenseman. That is annoying, isn't it? Um, but you're getting back a proven defenseman <laughs> that can play 22, 23 minutes a night, Maybe even spell a guy like Provorov on the PK, 
um, you know, and just cut down on the minutes that he's going to take because the guy, man, Provorov logs a ton of minutes, and you want to see that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you want to, like, just completely cut his minutes and get him down to 22, 21 maybe, but, like, hey, man, you're young, you can play it, that's fine, but when you're older, man, we've got you for a couple more years, I think we should take it a little bit easier. Um but it, it's a fantastic move. It's got the fan base excited, and it should be. Uh, aside from, like, one guy I saw that's not excited about it, which I'm not worried about because no one really values that type of opinion. Um, but I think <laughs> we – we um, is there anything you guys feel we need to address here? I, I'm going to kick it, actually, to Matt Casey. I think Matt Casey has a uh, – yeah. not a soliloquy, but soliloquy sounded good <laughs> – leading into this so i'm just going to kick it to you matt casey <laughs> no there's two points i'll bring up uh one is um you know the, the knock on this trade like the general knock on it is like oh he has injury issues and it's because he missed a month he missed the month of march and then ended up playing what 33 games which included playoffs or 30 some games uh this year and ended up you know logging you know 20 plus minutes a game and that 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 injury issue thing drives me absolutely nuts because it's like how many times is, you know, by that rationale, Sean Couturier, because he missed the month of February, basically, oh, does he have injury issues? And so, like, that's kind of like the, like, I, I just don't get that that logic. There's a risk with any player. You know, there's a risk that a player like Chris Pronger could take a stray stick to the eye and his career could be done. So there's yeah. always a risk with any player. But you got to play with what you got to target what the guy is going to bring, and also how he slots the rest of the defense, which is you know no longer do we have Justin Braun playing a one C, you know, a, or a one D. He should be a third line, and he'll be great at it. Um, and I think the first pairing defenseman stuff that Braun went through it, it is great. It's going to help him on the third pair when he's hopefully there with Cam York. And so if we get that one more sort of rough and tumble uh I, i'll call it a fourth pairing defenseman to go along with sanheim i'm really pumped about this defense and i'm like you know I, i'm pretty realistic about uh, about fly about flyers nation and and the roster i'm actually genuinely pumped about it now with that said anything more on that before i start going ballistic on on <clears throat> mr patrick here no, all great points. To uh, any points you yeah. want to make, Hoagie, real quick before Matt uh, caps that part of the discussion off. I'm just gonna just slide in with you know the last time we got a Nashville Predators defenseman that was in his 30s worked out freaking amazing. So everybody that thinks that you know 30 years old is too old, you can go shove it because <laughs> Kimo Team was 32 years old when he came into the Flyers organization and he put in work when he got here. <laughs> Solid and he's a ginger. Point. How good is it that he's a fucking or a freaking ginger? Exactly. <laughs> that was a beautiful we are a ginger point. Ginger friendly organization. <laughs> yes. God, I'm, Hoagie, you are the man. Okay. So I've been waiting All for right. this because we've been talking about this in the group chat for a couple days now. Matt Casey's going to unload here, and I'm just going to kick back with my drink and enjoy. Cheers. All right. So we. we we made we made a promise uh, probably two months ago that we would not talk about Nolan Patrick until he was out of the organization. We broke that promise here or there. He's out. He's done. We are done with Nolan Patrick. The guy who looks like Mitch Kramer from Days Confused. Like, get the hell out of here, man. Mitchy, Mitchy, Mitchy. Um, and so it, if you had told me that we had gotten a third round pick straight up for Nolan Patrick, I would have been like, oh, we just we just robbed some some clown organization. We got him. Nolan Patrick, realistically, he was a third line center. That's what we wanted him to be. He couldn't do it. So we bumped to a third line winger. He couldn't do that either. We bumped him to fourth line center. He couldn't do that either. He didn't have speed. He had some size, but he couldn't use it. He had some skill. He couldn't use it. He couldn't score. I, I, he is done, and I don't wish ill will. I understand the guy had injury and migraine issues. That sucks, man. I get it. That really sucks. He did not fit. You know, he 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 did not fit with the Philadelphia Flyers. 
He did not fit last year when he could have had a chance to fit, even when it was, uh, you know, a pandemic uh, COVID-19 and half the team was off the roster. He still couldn't perform. He still couldn't even step up then. Um, and ultimately, what Philadelphia and their fans look for are somebody who wants to is somebody who wants to compete. And his compete level was, I mean, less than zero. It was it was brutal. Go into the boards and hit somebody. Take a shot. Like the two plays that he made that were memorable from a positive standpoint last year were knocking Mark Friedman out. Friedman out, <laughs> and I think he had a shootout goal. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like great. How are we gonna? How are we ever gonna replace that production? He had what four <laughs> goals and ten assists. Guess what? He had nine Ryan points. Ellis had five, <laughs> five goals and thirteen assists as a defenseman. Uh, with, with Myers, with Myers one goal and Patrick's four goals, we've we've matched their goal potential right there with with uh, Ryan Ellis. So, you know, it's it's our it's it's our loss, I guess, that we we dropped a number two pick on a guy who will go down in Philly as a bust. Best of luck to you. Uh, it's now Las Vegas's problem, and uh, we'll see you later, Pat. We'll see you twice a year. Can't wait. Yeah, don't let the door hit you, pal. That was beautifully put, and I, you saw, you both saw, but I was tr- trying my damnedest to hold it together <laughs> at that Mitch reference from Tasting Confused. <laughs> Mitchy, Mitchy, Mitchy. Oh my God. All I have in my mind is Ben Affleck just holding the paddle. Like, oh my God. That was fantastic. That, I needed that laugh. Um, any lasting yep. thoughts on the Nolan Patrick out of Philadelphia deal, Hoagie. Um, listen, I was down the, in the Philadelphia area this past weekend, and you know the, the ecstatic of my fellow Flyers fans that I've grown up with, that I've talked Flyers hockey with for forever. It was it was just great to finally like you know have some positive talk like we're doing right now. It's like, we feel good. And my my best friend brought up you know Nolan Patrick always seemed like that type of guy that was the best at everything growing up mm-hmm. and when he hit the nhl he couldn't turn it to that next level and i hope he's able to find that next level was you know vegas or if he gets flipped somewhere else i hope he find that finds that next level but i think if he couldn't do it here in philadelphia he's not going to be able to do it because you know he's just a little whiny crybaby and just can't he just can't turn it on he gets shut down he's he's done you you can call him a little bitch you can do that matt casey already turned this into a an nsfw way too much last week (laughs) i would say the one other thing i would bring up is that like the fact that he you know apparently requested to uh, requested a trade or requested to to get moved (laughs) whether or not that's true or not like you know, perception is reality with the fan base, and that's all the fan base needed to know. He was going to get booed with every single mistake he made in Philly. So it's, you know, I I feel for the guy, but like it was time to go. Yeah, I At can't that wait point, until he comes to Philly. Oh my lord! Oh man! You want to talk <laughs> nuclear? The highlight reel will be will be short. <laughs> yeah, like, thanks for <laughs> something. Uh, <laughs> It'll be, it'll be between the icing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I'm not kidding you. So Saturday when this deal went down, I was on. It went down Saturday or Sunday? Was it Saturday or Sunday? Saturday I can't remember. After, Saturday. Saturday. After, yeah. So I I came from Deep Creek and we're down in Outer Banks right now. And I was out on the beach. The kid was down for a nap, and I'm enjoying the water. It's a beautiful day. You know, having a good time, having a beer. I get back to my phone after I get out of the water, and I see that Philly made a trade, and I'm just like, oh, something happened. And then it said Ellis. I'm not kidding you, man, and you guys will laugh at this, but my mom is one of the ones that really got me into hockey. And so she's back at the house at the pool. So I grab my phone and all my stuff, and I'm like, I got to go tell my mom. <laughs> I'm running back. <laughs> I'm like, mom, mom, mom. She's like, what? She's like, what? Like, what the hell do you want? I'm like, hey, the Flyers just got Ryan Ellis. She's like, Ryan Ellis. I'm like, yes. Like Ryan Ellis for Phil Myers and Nolan Patrick. She's like, no, not Nolan. I'm like, stop it right there. Stop it. Listen, (laughs) stop stop it. it. (laughs) Like you, stop it. Damn it. But no, it's 
it's interesting, you know, her viewpoint as opposed to like Twitter's viewpoint and Facebook's and ours, and it's a real contrast. But I think value wise, we're talking a defenseman that we can pair with our top defenseman in Ivan Provorov, as opposed to Phil Myers, who was a you want to call him a fringe uh, second pairing guy, and then Nolan Patrick, who was essentially on his way out, which is fantastic. I love the value. If we're talking, and I lost my train of thought, I'm sorry. But if we're going to talk about players on their way out, I think it's a good segue into the expansion draft. We've got the protection lists. They're out, ready to go. The forwards that the Flyers are protecting. Now that this deal has been made, we have Albe Kubel, Couturier, Giroux, Hayes, Konechny, Lawton, and Lindblom. Notable names being... Excluded from that protection list include the high-priced guys like Voracek and JVR. Uh, defensemen, they are protecting Ellis, Provorov, and Sanheim. No-brainer right there. Goalie, obviously, they're protecting Carter Hart. With this expansion draft, obviously everybody wants to ship either JVR or Voracek out. Um, there's some rumblings, which we'll get to here in a bit, but in your opinion... Who is Seattle looking at as the most attractive option that they can snag from the Flyers right now? I'll I'll go to Matt Casey. I'm sorry. I'm doing a terrible job of delegating here. (laughs) God, God, it's been a rough week for you. I miss John. Um, (laughs) Whoa, easy on that one. (laughs) If I were going to bet, I would say it's going to be uh, Ghost. And this is without, this is just me saying blindly what I think the Kraken would find appealing in that he's a lesser cap hit. He's, I think, four and a half million. He is a power play specialist, which, like, like it or not, you know, those don't come around a ton. And the Flyers' power play was noticeably different when Ghost was in there versus not. Um, And so if I'm betting just if everything's at face value and we don't go behind the curtains, I think Ghost is the name to really look at. Um, Would I be upset with them taking James Van Riemsdyk or Jake Voracek? No. Um, I've said this uh, a bunch of times. I think think Van Riemsdyk serves a much harder role to fill than Voracek does. And I'm not discounting Voracek's skill or anything like that, but I think JVR does something that not a lot of people in the NHL do or want to do or do as well as he does, which is stand in front of the net and tip pucks and make really close quarter goals. Um, The worst case scenario out of this, guys, is they take Justin Braun or, uh, you know, one one of the other lower level, Robert Haig. Yeah. you know, that doesn't help us unless there's a side deal, which is one of the rumors that's going on. So that's my take on it. And how about you, Hoagie? How are you feeling about this? I think I think they're taking Hague. I, I, I don't know. There's just something in my mind that Seattle's going to be like, <laughs> screw you, just, you know, stick it to us and take take that lower lower contract type of player. Um, I mean, all, all the – all the reports are saying, you know, looks like they'll trade for Voracek and then somehow flip him for Tarasenko to send to us. Some somehow, some way. I all that trade lo- jargon is getting confusing at this point when it comes to this expansion draft. But I think when it comes down to who Seattle takes from us, it'll probably come down to Hague. But it also, I mean, it also depends on they pick an order like by name, right? Like Anaheim straight down. I believe so. I'm not know? sure of the specifics there, but I, I could see it being that. Yeah. yeah do keep but, in mind, I though, mean, too. It'll be interesting. Sorry, go ahead, Hoagie. Yeah. No, go ahead, Derek. So yeah. keep in mind, too, that names like Andrioff, Bunneman, LaBerge, they're all available as well. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm not even going to continue with that. That was a stupid joke. Yeah, but, right. No, <laughs> it's... it's, it's I think this puts Seattle in a bit of a bind, and I, I tweeted it out earlier this week. I really do think that with you know the rumor going around and the report that Seattle's looking for an exorbitant 
return in these types of side deals to take these guys or you know whatever have you the GMs need to really unify and say, no, we're not going to deal with that crap. We got fleeced during the Vegas expansion mm-hmm. draft. Why are we going to get fleeced again? You know, fool me once, shame on me, shame on you. Like fool me twice. You know, come on. This is a, <laughs> it's a sad. That's definitely how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Fool, fool me, fool me once. Yeah. You fill it in Casey. I'm I it's vacation. I'm drinking. Get over it. Um, you get it though. You get the point. Jesus Christ. Um, but no, there, <laughs> I, I get it. But I, I also think that looking at some of the names that are exposed on, you know, not just from our team, but from, you know, from our teams, you're like, damn, man, Seattle can actually really bring in excitement from year one. And oh, yeah. you know, the, the name that's been out there with everyone, and I know it's quote unquote medical issues, but like Carey Price, it's like, dude, if you have a if you have a chance to bring in the arguably top goaltender in the NHL. Like, do it. Like, absolutely. Not to mention, his wife is a student at the University of Seattle. Or not University of Seattle. University of Washington, my apologies. So, the move... What, is he dating an... Is he married no, to an no. 18 she, She's... Either she works there or is taking classes there. There, there are ties to that region of the United States. I, it makes too much sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Love but to see Montreal eat it. I would too. God, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm happy that Montreal had the success that they, had the success that they did just because of the teams they were playing against. Like Vegas can just f right off. Um, you know, teams like Colorado. I kind of wanted Colorado to see. I wanted to see them do well, but you know, I was happy with what they did. And then when Tampa Bay came in and like stomped them, I'm like. Ah, like whatever. I'm back to hating everybody other than the Flyers. Uh, but even at that point, yeah. I hated the Flyers because they didn't trade for Ellis yet. But um, neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> in my opinion, I know we talked about it in our group chat earlier this week. Like it does scare me that Seattle might take a guy like Haig, maybe even a guy like Justin Braun. Um, but to Matt Casey's point, taking a guy like Goss Despair who could quarterback your power play one unit is almost too intriguing of a choice to pass up if he's on the board, which he is. So you look at it and you're like, you know, what are they looking for here? It depends on what they're going to choose from the teams before them, but they've all got it laid out. I'm sure they've got a list right now, and that's going to change between here and Wednesday when the draft is announced. But you're going to pass on a guy like JVR in an 82-game season that can give you 25 to 30 goals. You're going to pass on a guy like Voracek, who could give you 60, sometimes even 70 points a year, it's a tough yep. it's a tough situation to be in because now we've talked about it a million times on this show. Is Chuck Fletcher going to be played as a fool and asked to give a first-round pick for Seattle to take Voracek even if they would have taken him no matter what? Like, where's the, the give and take there? Matt Casey's yeah, got the I, opinion I here. I, I don't know. I, I like to think that uh, – um, who did who did he lose to Vegas? It's somebody um, – uh, George uh, – Edward Belmar. No, no, no. Who did, who did uh, Chuck lose? Uh, oh, Belmar Chuck – oh, he Belmar. made the deal with Halla and Tuck. Um, they took Halla, I believe, and then Tuck was part of the deal because right. they wanted to protect so, uh, Spurgeon on the blue line. I believe it was Spurgeon. So I, I'd like to think that Chuck has learned his lesson. Um, and, you know, I think everybody has. There hadn't been an expansion draft in, in, in several years up until the Vegas one. And so I'd like to think that Chuck learned his lesson from that. Um, and, hey, if he makes a deal with, I, I think, throwing in a draft pick to have them take Warcheck is actually probably worth it. Um, I know again, there's side deals going on and, and all that sort of stuff, but like you just look at it and you know, the, it just makes a ton of sense for ghost to go. He's only, I think got two years left on his contract. Is that, is that right? I believe um, so. So I, so, you know, it's, it's not a huge, it's not a huge hit for two years, four and a half million or whatever he's making. is isn't a huge hit in the grand scheme of things for two years. So, 
that's the direction I would go. What are you thinking about this, Ogie? Uh, I th- definitely want to see them take someone like Jake, but I, I feel like everybody in the league is kind of pushing their hand and exposing higher contract players, as in, the, you know, you had, like, your Tyler Johnsons. You had, you had all types of players that you're like, what the hell? Like, uh, what's his name from Colorado? Um, Landis Scott. Uh, Landis Scott, thank you. <laughs> I was thinking McKinnon, <laughs> but yeah, Landis Scott. Like, those God forbid if they didn't surprised. leave, if they didn't protect McKinnon. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, God, that, that fan base would have set the uh, Pepsi Center on, on fire. Jeez. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think every team's trying to push their hand and taking higher contract players. Um, but, I mean, I feel like Seattle would be kind of dumb not to take a JVR or a forward check. And if you're going to throw in a spicy pick, I would not – I wouldn't try to throw in that first rounder, that 13th overall. I'd try to give them, like, a second or a third. Just, like, Agreed. I feel, yeah. I feel like you got to hold on to that first rounder for someone like a Tarasenko, which we'll probably touch on later, or somebody along those lines that'll that'll help you shore up the roster rather than, you know, just kind of giving somebody up with, with that pick for free. So It's going to depend on the upgrades that they're looking at right now because you still want to bring in a defenseman, presumably. Uh, you want to bring in a guy that can replace Nolan Patrick potentially as a 3C, and you need a quality backup. So <clears throat> a lot of people talked about Chris Dreiger being that quality backup he's in talks with seattle right now and it looks like uh, what three and a half million dollars a year so that could have been doable uh for the flyers but at the same rate there's other guys out there the linus Allmarks, you know uh other other veterans even that are available uh, 3c you know there's guys out there but it's going to depend i know a lot of people <laughs> talked about philip Deneau. um i don't know if the mm-hmm. the guy you want to go after if you're looking for scoring necessarily but if you get a guy like Tarasenko, you can afford that. Um, you know, Larson apparently. I, I got one. I got one thing on. I got one thing on Deneau because he was the one guy I had circled on my end, and then I, I was actually listening to Jason Martinez, uh, his podcast earlier this week, and he brought up a point that I wasn't thinking about, which okay. was you bring Deneau in as your three C, and he can play that quote unquote shutdown role. And he takes 50% of the shutdown time away from, from Coots. So you basically open up Coots to play against lower-level lines because you have Phil Deneau in there. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is where like slotting starts coming into place. And that really, really intrigued me. That's a very interesting point. I think... You know, you're looking at Derek matchups. Derek got excited when you said that. I, I, I'm very intrigued. Like, I, I'm very – obviously, it's going to depend on the price. You know, it depends on mm-hmm. if Montreal is going to pursue him, if they're going to want to keep him, if he's going to want to be there. Any other team that has the money to throw around because there's teams in better position than the Flyers are right now, obviously. But regardless, that's not a terrible option at 3C. I mean, if you're talking slotting like that, I think it would be a great idea. What are your thoughts, Ogie? I, if you can make it work for the right price point, definitely try to pursue that. I, I mean, the way we're going, I feel like we don't have a lot of shutdown type of guys. You know, you just locked up long for the next five years as well. So you, ha- you have plenty of shutdown guys throughout the lineup that'll that'll help shore up. But if you can get another 3C like that, I mm-hmm. definitely think you go after it. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at, you know, the biggest knock on this past year's team and Chuck said it, you know, flat out is our, our goals against is, is the worst in the NHL. And so, you know, in my mind, you know, you, you mentioned we need another defenseman to go along with Sanheim. We need a third line center. um, Cause as much as I want to see frost succeed, I, I can't put all my eggs in that basket. Like, you know, the the guys in offensive, you know, an offensive, off, you know, center, number one, but also he's just got injury issues. Then you need a backup goalie, and then you need a shoot-first winger. And so, in my mind, it's like that number 4D and then number 3C, that's the next two priorities out of this, out of this whole offseason. So, I don't know. I, I think... Somebody like Deneau would make a ton of sense. And there might be other guys out there for it. And I think Deneau's like 
three and a quarter or something like that. Like that's what he was making last year. Um, so I mean, he he would probably he would demand an up an upgrade, but you know, I think it's worth it. Yeah, Dano could be a good option here. Um, but I, I'm still stuck on your point about the the matchups, and I think that opening it up for a guy like Kateria because we've seen the offensive potential, but have we seen all of it? Because we know that he's capable of those ninety, those consecutive, what was it, 96, 97-point seasons with the Voltigers uh, in the queue. Like, could he increase that 70-plus point total that we've seen from him as of late, you know, into maybe 80 points a year or a point-per-game pace? I mean, bringing in a guy like Deneau may be just what they need to really get him there. Um, and take kind of a little bit of defensive responsibility away from him and give him a little more leeway on the offensive side of the puck. And even little things like, hey, Coots, you know what? You're now, you know, the the fifth uh, the, the fifth offensive guy on the man da- on the shorthand team instead of the number one guy. Like you, right. we, we can have Lawton, we can have Deneau, we can have Hayes. Like we can have all these guys on there. But like Coots, like save your energy. We're gonna we're gonna need you to actually score goals. So mm-hmm. I just think that, that that's starting to make more and more sense. And even just with this one Ellis pickup, you can start to see the beautiful mind, you know, the, the code start to come together a little bit. Whether or not it does is is remain to be seen. So Yeah, this stuff seems like the matrix to me. Like I'm not gonna be able to put all this together right now, especially on <laughs> vacation. Holy shit. Um but <laughs> but if we're gonna talk about scoring uh, we we need to address this because this has been the one rumor that's been circulating Flyers Twitter for days now, ever since the Ellis deal. We're talking about Vlad Tarasenko, uh, the forward for the St. Louis Blues, who apparently he's been left unprotected. He looks to be the likely selection by Seattle because there is a roster freeze. No trades can happen between now and I believe it's a week total. So it looks like Tarasenko is destined for Seattle. Um, but there's also some rumors that the Flyers could come knocking and want to acquire him after Seattle has. And Anthony Sanfilippo wrote a piece for Crossing Broad, uh, Anthony Sanfilippo also being uh, one half of Snow the Goalie. He said that, in uh, I'll quote this here, information combined some more info that has come my way from a couple sources, one within the Flyers organization and one outside of it, has led me to the following scenario. The Kraken will select Vladimir Tarasenko from the St. Louis Blues in the expansion draft. Seattle will then trade Tarasenko to the Flyers for Voracek and a draft pick. He's been told it's the it's not the first rounder, so maybe a second or a third. And then he adds the Kraken then select Robert Haig from the Flyers in the expansion draft. He also adds this is certainly fluid, could change in the next day or so, but from what he's gathered and putting the puzzle pieces together in his words... This is next on Chuck Fletcher's flowchart. Uh, Russ Joy, his, the other half on Snow the Goalie, mentioned about it being, I believe that the F- Kraken would choose, I, I, I couldn't pull it up, I apologize, and I'm not going to try to misquote him here, but it, it's a differing scenario from San Filippo's. I, I'm a huge fan of what Anthony San Filippo said here. I'm a huge fan of it because... One, Tarasenko's cap hit is just a shade under a million dollars less than Voracek's. And then you get Haig off the books, and right then and there, you get cap space. Um, you give up a second round pick. And he has, he's a year less as well than Voracek. And a year less. Great point, Hoagie. So, right then and there, I mean, and we'll get to it later with the injury issues here, but Matt Casey, in this scenario that San Filippo mentions. Are you excited about the prospect of acquiring Vlad Tarasenko that way, or is there another way that you would look at it and say that's how I want to do it? Am I excited about it? Yes. My one concern, and not to be the downer, is that I think Tarasenko and that top six winger that Tarasenko represents, and he is arguably one of the best when healthy. Um, that in my mind is like the third or fourth 
priority that we have in line. And it's not to say, like, at the end of the day, Chuck doesn't get all of that done. But it's like, okay, if this is the next the next one, and all, all of a sudden we have Tarasenko who, like, he can score. We need a shoot-first guy. And the fact that we have so many pass-first guys, specifically <laughs> Giroux and Jake, uh, you know, we unload Jake. We get Tarasenko, who's a shoot-first guy. I like that aspect of it. What concerns me is if we are not able to pull in a solid third or fourth defenseman to go along with Sanheim to share up the defense and a third line, um, a, a third line center uh, who's a little bit more defensive minded. Because at that point, like Tarasenko is scoring, like we're not going to outscore teams just with Tarasenko. We need to be able to play the the defensive first game and then and then get the goals in there. So I like it in theory as the entire package of the Flyers offseason needs. My one thing that makes me twitch a little bit is just the order that it's going in. And maybe that's just my own insecurities. I need to take a friggin' Xanax and just chill out and <laughs> have fun. But <laughs> So in Matt Casey's um scenario here, Hoagie. Do you see this being a way that the Flyers could bring back Samuel Morin as that sixth or seventh defenseman that could potentially pair with Justin Braun on that third pairing? I'll probably get shot for saying this, but I don't really want Morin anywhere near this defense oh, in you. this 82 game. In... Mm, <laughs> I really don't. Bite your tongue. Bite your tongue, Hoagie. <laughs> no, it's it's out there. It's 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 in the airwaves now. I'm editing this I really, out. <laughs> I I'd rather him just as that seventh defenseman mm-hmm. and use him, utilize him when we need him. I really don't want him to be that that last defenseman shoring up the defense because he had glimmers of hope when we saw him back on defense. The whole winger fiasco was just you know another epitome of what this season this past season was but I, I i really don't he's not proven enough i feel like i'm tired of the, you know the what ifs of the defenseman i i want someone proven to take over that slot of the the bottom four at this point um i mean even if they pull up like cam york i feel like you give him a shot and see what he can do with it then yeah okay but sam Warren definitely definitely not on that on that bottom pair in no way I've so, seen Hoagie, let me, let, me, let me ask this, though. And I, I agree. I don't think Morin's going to play an 82-game season with the Flyers. I don't even know if he'll be on the Flyers next year. But he does bring that presence, that, like, kind of badass, you're not going to mess with this presence that is that really vital. Game. Yeah, that, that, and it's vital against teams like like the Islanders, um, who, who are a big, heavy team. And I'm with you. Like, I want more than anything to our third, for our third pairing to be Braun and York. Like, I, I would love that. I think it would be great. I just, I can't put all my eggs in the York basket yet because, you know, right. he's played, you know, three NHL games. But it's like, if you have Morin in the wings waiting to come in every fourth game or every fifth game or something like that when he's needed, like, I think that's where you can use him if he's still here. Yeah, I... I... Kind of, kind of like a scenario of like a back-to-back type of type of night. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of revolve the two. I w- I wouldn't mind that, but you're, you're he's definitely not your go-to guy every night in and night out. Yeah, you, you're playing Washington with Tom Wilson. You have Sam Warren on there to keep Tom Wilson in check. Like day, yep. he's the modern day, he's the modern day enforcer, and or at least the closest that we have at it at this point. Yeah, no, good point. I, yeah, I, I just don't. He's just def, definitely not that that pillar that we need back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that eighty-two game pillar. <laughs> he's, not, he's not the he's not the Chris Pronger that we all expected him to be at this point. <laughs> Such an unfair label, too. God, um, but I want to go back to Hoagie here, quick, too. Now, I've, I, personally, I'm sure you guys have seen this as well. A lot of people have been making, uh, you know, the roster projections, which, you know, you take everyone with a grain of salt. I've seen a lot of projections with Cam York as the opposite of Justin Braun on the third pairing. Is that the right spot for Cam York to be in this Flyers lineup? Or is this another case of maybe we're going to rush him, 
put him in a scenario where he's not suited for and potentially end up with another, I don't want to say Nolan Patrick, obviously, but he's not put in a position to succeed. I'm so, <laughs> Nolan Patrick talk is dead. We're, it's dead. Nolan Patrick is dead to us. He's bed. gone. Yes. Nolan Patrick's been put to bed no longer. Are, are we talking a guy, I mean, if we're talking in a, putting in a position to succeed, like John's brought it up so many times because he's the prospect guy. He knows his stuff with that. Like a guy like Wade Allison, you know, if we're going to put him in a role to succeed, that's probably third, maybe even second pair, depending on, you know, how he fares. Is that a is that too low on the totem pole for Cam York, Hoagie? I think if you put in Cam York with Justin Braun on that third pairing with limited minutes to kind of, you know, just get his toes dipped into the water, I think I think that works. Because, you know, it'll, it'll kind of be like a Niskanen Provorov pair two years ago where, you know, Niskanen's really just kind of showing Provorov the ropes of what it, what it means to be that top pairing, top pair line. And I think, you know, you put Cam York with a Justin Braun veteran type player and just kind of have Braun show him what, what it means to be an NHL defenseman. And, and then every, every couple of shifts, you know, you toss him with the, with pro Rob or you toss him with Ellis, you toss him with somebody, just kind of give him something, give him something to bite at and see what he does, see what he does with it. Is Braun the right type of defenseman though? I mean, I know we talk about the pro Rob Niskin and dynamic where they're pretty, I want to say pretty similar in their styles. Um, Braun's a shutdown guy. Braun's a defensive defenseman. Cam York is the polar opposite. He's an offensive defenseman. Would that in any way hinder York in his development? Uh, in, in you know, a lot of people want to try to draw the comparison of like a Quinn Hughes with Vancouver. You know, is that something that it, it doesn't worry you a little bit, Hoagie? No, I, I've always been a fan of. You have your offensive-minded defenseman. You put them with your shutdown defenseman as well. That way, you're still covered on the back end. And if they're fast enough, they're making their way back as well. I know. I never like. I, I I always like you know two shutdown defensemen on the same line, but I I've never liked two offensive-minded players such as a Myers, Sandheim type of pairing. It always shoots you in the in the foot somehow, some way. So I feel gotcha. like. You have Cam York. You let him. You let him try to join the play every once in a while, and you and you have Justin Braun to kind of bail him out every once in a while, but also remind him like, hey, not every play you're jumping up. You have to you have to be mindful of where you're at and where the play's at. Of course. How about you, Casey? Yeah, I I think I'd actually go the other direction from what you said, Derek, in that I I think it's actually going to increase his his productivity and his advancement as a player because he's going to be forced to have to play. A responsible defensive game as well with Braun because he yes he can jump up and he can probably jump up better than a majority of NHL defensemen even at this point in his career and he's going to get some power play time and you know he's going to he's going to be able to do all that but I think what Braun's going to do is like hey you, you can do that but you also have to do the defensive aspect of this game uh, for you to actually be successful here um, I also, I, I like the pairing as well. Um, one, they worked pretty well this past, you know, the past, the end of last season, but it's almost like what we wish ghost had become with Braun, which was that really solid, like yin, yin and yang third pairing. And I'm doing all of this with the assumption that ghost is gone in some way, shape or form Of course, because ghost ghost and York are just a very similar type of breed. But I think York he isn't so, I don't know, so defensively deficient mm-hmm. as as Ghost is. So, I don't know. I, I like the pairing. I'm not too concerned about it. How did we go from Tarasenko to this? What the, the, what the hell I, just happened? I don't know. <laughs> we jumped. <laughs> it gave me Wait, a, this is, a great idea for another episode, which we'll disclose at a later is, date. <laughs> This this is a a great edition of ADD theater here. This is great. Yeah, no, but let's it's a good reel conversation back. though. <laughs> it is no, it's a fantastic conversation. I'm glad we went down that rabbit hole. But if we go back to Tarasenko, so you know the original deal we talked about it. Um, overall injury concerns. You know, I've seen the the shoulder. He's had two surgeries. The third. You know, how 
overall, how concerned are you, Matt Casey, about those shoulder surgeries? I think it's worth the risk. I, I think if we're doing straight up, at the end of the day, if it ends up being a Voracek versus Tarasenko thing, I, I, I think you have to roll the dice with Tarasenko. We can't keep things the same that we've done in the last, you know, nine, ten years. And Voracek's a huge, huge part of that. And so I think it's worth it. We need scoring. I've also heard that Tarasenko, you know, he played under um, Barube under in St. Louis. Like, you know, Barube's no dummy. He obviously, you know, did some good and not so good stuff here. But, um, you know, I, I think as long as Tarasenko can play a two-way game, you got to roll with it. So I, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm not nearly as concerned about the two-way game as I am with the fact that we need a guy that knows how to put the puck in the net. Um, we have two-way guys. We have Couturier. You know, we have solid enough defensemen that can get the job done. So it's like bringing in a guy that knows how to score, I feel like should be one of, if not the top priority. So bringing in Tarasenko makes a ton of sense to me, even with the risk involved, considering Voracek's making a million dollars, almost a million dollars more a year. It's like if you're giving up Voracek for that, yeah, you'll get the replacement in the point totals. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about this, Hoagie? I'm all in for it. I've been praying and hoping for that shoot-first mentality when you're for years now, and for some reason we just can never make it happen, or I don't know if we even try to make it happen, but if Tarasenko's on the table and we have a chance to, to get go after it, I'd say do it, and, you know, it's a risk-reward type of play. I think... I think even, like, you, you say he has a great two-way game, which he does, but if you kind of say, hey, don't worry about the defensive mind, defensive side of the puck, go out there and just score goals, I think that might help Tarasenko kind of blossom into the type of winger that we need. But it's still kind of be like, you still have to come back and play play your game, but focus more on scoring the goals for us. That's I, I, would, lo- I would love for that to, to really take off with him. Presumably he's going to be on the top line. You know, with Couturier, who is one of the most, if the not most, defensive-minded center in the game. You got Giroux, who he's not too shabby on the defensive side of the puck as well. So, also, Giroux putting up more assists than he does goals, typically. You've got a guy that can feed Tarasenko, who can score. So, you can mask... I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know everything about Tarasenko. I don't. I, I really don't. I know he's a damn good goal scorer, but I feel like a line with Giroux, Couturier, and Tarasenko could be one of the most dangerous lines all together. If we're mm-hmm. talking defense, defense, offense, everything. On, on both sides of the puck, yep. Exactly. Hoagie took the words right out of my mouth. But, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, I think going after Tarasenko should be that next step. Uh, it, it looks like... We wanted that active summer. We wanted that summer where Chuck Fletcher was going to show us that he was ready to go. And right now, this is like that appetizer. Now we're waiting for the main course. And if Tarasenko's the main course, I'd be pretty happy about it. I mean, and it leaves me wanting dessert. <laughs> yeah, I, I also look at it, it's like, okay, if we get Tarasenko, I'm, I'm totally contradicting myself from like five minutes ago, but if we have Ellis now, we have Ellis in the boat, we have Tarasenko in, that solves the business side of the equation, which we needed to, you know, which is getting butts in seats and getting fans excited again about a team that was terrible last year. So that's a big, big part of it. The other couple elements that we have in there, a number four D, you can get that, and it's not going to be a splashy thing one way or the other. Um, yeah. If we end up pulling in somebody like Rista Linen, who I know that people have mixed feelings on, it's like, Dude, like, awesome. Like, you know, he looks like the the bassist from the Wild Stallions or something like that. Like, you know, bring, bring him in. He'll he'll fit in fine. But, like, I feel like a number 4D, he's probably the higher end of it, but a number 4D, that's obtainable. A number mm-hmm. 3C, like a Tyler Pitlick-type guy, that's obtainable. A backup oh. goalie, I, do, I don't want to underplay that because that is going to be a huge thing because <laughs> – 
I'm. This is a whole other episode. I don't. I don't know if Hart's gonna bounce back and forward. I have no idea. But like, that's a huge thing. But that is something that is obtainable either through free agency or through trade. And so I think if you make those two moves, Ellis and Tarasenko, those are your big chips you've thrown in, and the rest can can start falling in later in the summer. That's a fantastic point. Absolutely fantastic point. Yeah. Everything else is obtainable. Yeah. Hoagie, lasting thoughts on the Tarasenko deal, if it happens, if every scenario we've pulled out of our rear ends here happens and we end up with Tarasenko. If you get Tarasenko, if we were able to get Tarasenko, that it, you're de- Chuck Fletcher is winning the hearts of every Philadelphia Flyers fan everywhere. I think it, everyone, it's a though. win in our in, uh, not everyone. You know, you have you have your Franks, you have your Franks of the world. But <laughs> we love we we love Frank. <laughs> we do love Frank. There's but others I, though. I, I, I no. think he's. <laughs> I think you're definitely getting the majority of the Flyers fans back in seats and, and excited for for next season. I mean, Saturday, I, w- I was ecstatic. I, I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm, I was staying at a friend's house over the weekend, and I was just like, dan- I was just dancing around. I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do with myself? <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, with with Ryan Ellis, Matt Casey, you, you brought up a great point about Carter Hart. You don't know if he's on bounce back next season, but I think bringing in a guy like Ryan Ellis – that should automatically boost Carter Hart's confidence. Mm-hmm. Knowing, knowing you have a guy in front of him that's going to help shut shut down players. So I think if you add another piece like a Tarasenko or somebody else that's going to help put butts in seats, it's going to be a win for the Flyers this season. This offseason, I should say. Bringing in Ellis yeah. should be a statement to Carter Hart that says, hey, we're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that the defense in front of you is going to help you no matter what. Bringing in a guy like Tarasenko yep. should be a statement to a guy like Claude Giroux, your captain, saying, hey, we're willing to do whatever we need to do on the offensive side of the puck now in order to make sure that next, last season doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Messages are being sent. I think it's fantastic. What I also think is fantastic is that there's a fridge full of beer downstairs right now that I'm just about <laughs> empty. Fellas... It's been two weeks. I haven't gotten to talk to you about hockey, but it's been great. I'm glad I got to come back on. Matt Casey, I'll start with you first. Can you let everybody know where they're going to be able to find you? Or, honestly, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. Is there any lasting point that you want to make real quick before we sign off here? <laughs> no, it, it, good to talk about real news again. It's uh, it, It's been a while, and it, it's great to see things starting to fall into place and, you know, exciting exciting week coming up and exciting month uh, beyond that. So, Absolutely. Now, let them know where they can find you. I am uh, on Twitter at – oh, Jesus, did my voice Ooh. just crack? What the hell Ooh. was that? <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> Damn, I thought I was my, the young one. My boyish good looks have gotten best of me. Um <laughs> Pod Street Casey Street spelled out, and uh, yeah, it hit me up. I uh, tweet once in a while. <laughs> How about you, Hoagie? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Pod Street Hogs. Street spelled out like the rest of us. Um, I'm gonna leave you off with this for one, uniform. Guys. <laughs> yeah. You got a dad joke. Dad joke. Oh, sponsored by Cat. Yes. Here I forgot to mention. Yes. So the newest segment of the Pod Street Bullies, we have. The dad joke of the week, presented by Dockers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. From the guy that doesn't have any children. <laughs> yes, from the one guy that isn't a dad. <laughs> and Hope. Dockers is sent a cease and assist. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't make any more dad jokes. <laughs> you guys ready? I'm ready. Let's, Let's do, do this. Why do cows have bells? I'm just going to waste time thinking, so you got to tell us. <laughs> because their horns don't work. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But don't, is it a bull? Isn't that a bull, though? It's still a cow. Don't get too literal with this. <laughs> 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 T- God, tell the people where they can find you, Hogan. 
<laughs> I already did. I'm on, on Twitter at Pod Street Hoes. Tell them again. Check damn me it. out. <laughs> Check oh. me out. All my crazy tweets and and you know backlash that they give a lot of different people, including you know John, Derek, and Matt. <laughs> and get ready for the dad joke next week. Hopefully, it's better. Uh, but <laughs> but <laughs> you, you can find me on Twitter, Pod Street Bob. You can find the absentee of the week, John Gove, on Twitter at Pod Street Gove. You can find the Pod Street Bullies on Twitter at Pod St Bullies. It's not all uniform. I blame what's the guy's name, Jack, that runs Twitter. Yeah, wife has an ex named Jack too, bastard. Um, but anyways, before we jump off the rails too much, this has been the Pod Street Bullies. I'm gonna get back to vacation, boys. I'm gonna go hop on the ice. Yeah, Hoagie's got a men's league game. I've got beer to drink, and it's it's Monday night, so Casey's got kids to look after. But, <laughs> but until then, I'm gonna, folks. I'm going to sit in the basement and watch reruns of The Office. So Hey, that sounds like a damn good Monday night. <laughs> until then, folks, we will talk to you next week, and I'll leave you as I've always left you with a Let's Go Flyers.